Welcome to episode five of Five Better Musical Podcast. You know the drill by now. If you don't, you have one song and we try and find five better songs based on a certain theme. So we've had four four episodes so far. Uh, we've looked at themes of colours, of foreign songs. Uh, we've looked at themes of... I've completely forgotten what themes we looked at, Jim. So we've had two there. Sorry, foreign um, songs, colours. Colours, foreign songs. We had senses, communication and senses. Yeah, that was it. So last week we had, or last episode, we had the communications uh, theme and that was based on the song Harry Nelson's uh, Everybody's Talking, which, which is a good song. I think we found four, didn't we, out of the five uh, songs that we sort of selected. Yeah, um, I thought we did well last week. That was a tough one as well. Nelson, Everybody's Talking is an absolute classic. So, Absolutely, definitely a classic. I think we've, we've chosen some really good songs, haven't we, so far? <clears throat> And obviously this week now we've got um, uh, we've got a really big task because this is a this is a classic. It's the Kinks Waterloo Sunset. Uh, it doesn't get bigger than this, does it? Really, I think in terms of popular, certainly British songs, does it, Jim? No, not really. Um, you know, the, Ray Davis, the People's Poet, almost. Uh, you know, the Kinks. Uh, I thought I was the young ones, wasn't it? Was that <laughs> That's <laughs> true. Rick for the Silent P, uh, <laughs> which is one of my favourite insults in television of all time. Um, yeah, no, it's a, it's a it's a great great song. It's like that kind of um, it's a, it's almost a song that is people watching, isn't it? Mm, completely, yeah, yeah. So he's commenting on like a couple of, couple of people he's seen, isn't he? Mm. Um, uh, ter- is it Terry and Julie. Um, Terry and Julie, yeah. There was the big yeah. Um, so who who are these Terry and Julie? There's a couple of think things about that, wasn't there? Who who, yeah. who it could have been, wasn't it? What was it you've heard? I heard there was Terry Stamp and Julie Christie because they'd been in yeah. far from the Madden crowd, but then he came out and said no, it wasn't, didn't he? So yeah, then so really, I think it's somebody, it's either his nephew or his uncle or something. It could have been th- that was Terry in his life, and then mm. I think he went back on it again. I think he, I think he was basically trying to keep <laughs> everyone guessing, um, <laughs> which is uh, very sort of Ray Davis like. He's, he's a bit of a He's a bit of a mystery, Ray Davis, isn't he? Mm. Um, sort of fantastic hair, though. I mean, if we're going back to sort of like features and looks of a, of a person, I saw him walking down Muswell, no, in Highgate about a year ago, and I'd, I did think, who is this strange man walking a bit like the Ministry of Silly Walks with a long sort of <laughs> trench coat? <laughs> and he, he still had his sort of feathery mullet. Um, you know, and we, and we love a mullet, don't we? Yeah, well, if, if, you can, if you can grow a feathery mullet, you would. Nowadays, I mean, well, the mullet went through a bad period, didn't it? Where you know it became very like kind of hick and that sort of uh, you know, it wasn't very trendy. But then, fortunately, uh, 90s and 2000s footballers really brought it back into the fray, didn't they? Is the yeah, the and obviously, of choice. If we're, if we're going back to sort of the millennials, then we were sort of we're looking at the Hoxton Finn and the mm. Hoxton kind of the Hoxton sort of shuffle at the back, Hoxton yeah. shuffle. That's I made that up the Hoxton Shuffle, but uh, I like yeah, it. We used to we used to dance the Hoxton Shuffle, I'm sure. <laughs> it's more the Ho- Hoxton falling over. Yeah. Uh, Should we uh, mention the theme and then uh, yeah, and then maybe so, have um, a listen and and the theme's often based, isn't it, on on the t- well, it is based on the title of the song. Title, so. yeah, yeah. It uh, took a little bit of discussion this one, didn't it? Because we t- we took we were, we were looking at kind of places, and we yeah. sort of lo- we we then decided that. Did we want to narrow it down a little bit more, make it a little bit more difficult? So we yeah. we, we kind of countries were sodded off, so you can't yeah. you couldn't come up with a country as a place, uh, and then it was kind of cities and towns really, or places within towns. Yeah. 
um, that sort of thing, which I think is, you know, it does make it more difficult. This isn't supposed to be easy. So, no, um, true, true, true. So, so there we go. So this is about places, cities, t- uh, you know, towns, uh, not countries. Now that's quite, that's quite important, isn't it? Okay, so before we have a listen to the song, let's um, let's go for our usual feature. Booze talk, booze talk, what you drinking tonight? Okay, so Guy, what are you drinking tonight? Well, Jim, what am I drinking tonight? I've uh, I've I've, uh, I've got a bit I've got a bit crazy here. I've kind of I've kind of flipped into sort of two different modes. I've actually just been drinking. I'm using past tense now. Um, a lovely red wine, Argentinian Malbec. Uh, Las Fincos, I think it's Las Fincos de Moras. I've got the bottle with me. Like, <laughs> Las Fincos de Moras sounds like a good night out. <laughs> Last time I got Fincos de Moras, it was uh, <laughs> it was it was Fincos all over. <laughs> it is they now. They Fincos de Moras. It is now. Um, uh, it, yeah, it's Malbec, isn't it? It's a nice little. It's a it's an easy red that to drink. I find. Um, and also, I'm I'm dipping into the red wine now because it seems to me that summer's kind of buggered off. Um, and it's kind oh, of definitely, the, definitely. The salads, the salads have gone. My white wine's gone. Um, I'm, I'm now, if I, you know, if I have a glass of a night, it's it's often a red wine now. So um, yeah, we've moved back into to, to to red wine because of the temperature. Yeah, isn't it weird, isn't it? I mean, I, I can drink red wine because I be, you know, when I go to Italy, I do drink red wine, but mm. not quite the same. I don't. I, mean, I like the, the. I think it's, the temperature is important to red wine, isn't it? I think it's yeah. partly. It feels like it warms you up. And also, just the colour sort of associated with me would just be we've got wintry nights or the yeah, sort the of night. red wine I like to drink kind of lends itself to um, to cold evenings. It's that really heavy duty um, uh, berry flavoury spicy yeah, yeah. sort of, and <clears throat> you don't want to drink that in the sunshine. You want to you want to curl up on a sofa and polish a bottle of it off and forget the trouble. Well, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have the bottle. I'm, I'm do, I do tend to just go, oh, fall asleep now, guy. Yeah, <laughs> fall asleep, it's, guy. It's a terrible <laughs> relaxant, isn't it? It's, it's bad. But I've, 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 I've just had that. I've now got, because I've run out of wine, it's only still quite early, so I've, I've now gone into the G&Ts again. I thank you very much. There back in, back in, Back in the little special. Slice uh, of lime again. I'm getting, I'm getting it all going on again, Jim. So I'm, I'm back up again. So I was nearly asleep with the red wine. I'm now perking up. Um, but I believe you're on the G and Cs. Is that correct? Yeah, my drink of choice again is gin and tonic. I've like I was thinking, I've really got into gin and tonic again. A, a year ago, I wouldn't have touched a gin and tonic. No, uh, no, I agree. Ditto. I used to say that it, like it tasted pine trees. It really wasn't a drink I liked. It wasn't something that I wanted to drink. And then. Like uh, the, I suppose it's the gin shop in Walthamstow, Mother's Ruin, um, <laughs> which is a is a great little gin shop just up in the, on a trading estate in Walthamstow, and I started drinking gins there, and I realised that there's different types of gin, and it doesn't mm. all have to be the same. Anyway, so <clears throat> heavily into gin at the moment. Went on holiday, as we all know, uh, last yeah. week yeah. to Menorca. Had a wonderful time. Yeah, One, good fun. Yeah, it was great. It was great. It was good weather. Everyone was sick apart from me, so uh, <laughs> happy days. <laughs> so you got pissed on gin every day. Yeah. Every day. <laughs> nah. My wife was ill. My son was ill. It was uh, it was great. So you know, I did a lot of making sure everyone was all right, and then when they went to sleep, caning the gin and tonic. So, yeah. and that's a big thing on the on the island of Menorca. It used to be. Here we go. Here's the Menorcan history. It used to be a British um, military 
base and they started making their own gin for the for the British soldiers. So I and I tweeted a picture of the gin um, yeah. <clears throat> that I'm drinking. And uh, as as I said to you before we started, I've got you a, a couple of little um, little souvenir bottles oh. which you should drink yeah. because it's very nice. So yeah, I'm on. Uh, and and for me, it's strange because I'm so into gin now that I've not got anything in my gin. I've just got gin and tonic. It's um, so yeah, I'm a, I'm a full on convert. My mother would be so proud because um, she likes gin and tonic. Well, as we all know, it's mother's ruin, isn't it? So uh, it mo- is mother, mother's mo- ruin. <laughs> your mother's your mother's been ruined. <laughs> She's ruined you. It's true. It's true. So so yeah. So there we go. I'll try and get you those um those gins so that next week you can be talking about the same gin that I'm talking about this week I might in a kind it. of weird and then yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll be in some weird <laughs> paradox that we'll never be able to get out of where we'll be drinking <laughs> gin and talking about each other's gins <laughs> and something it's off our face gin not, not sure if it's over because we're so off our face on gin before we continue talking about Waterloo Sunset by the Kinks, um, let's do, let's, a couple of corrections, some notes from last week, last episode, episode 4A. And if you haven't heard episode 4A, you'll know why it's called 4A about halfway through. Um, it's called 4A, you should have said. <laughs> it, was our, it was our 4A into 4A. Um, <laughs> you, you have to make it very distinct, though, Jim. If, we, if we're not talking about episode 4, which is the lost. The lost session. The lost session. Um, no. I, I, you know, I have to make it. That is still. That does still exist somewhere, if only in our head. Um, yeah. <laughs> episode four A. I mentioned about uh, the Pet Sounds uh, track. Don't talk, but your head on my shoulder. And we talked. We. I think we both talked about Brian Wilson's uh, reason for writing Pet Sound was in response to the Beatles. This mm, mm. an album, uh, and I said it was Revolver. And actual fact, um, it was in fact Rubber Soul. I always get those two mixed up, and I can I can see both of those album covers, and I can see both of the the albums beginning with the letter R, mm. and I can never remember uh, really which is which. So, and now I now I've realised. So um, yeah, it was in fact Rubber Soul, not Revolver. Yeah, Slappy, which is Slappy interesting. Really, there you go. You smacked me down when I said the White Album last week as well. Well, I, I did. Sm- <laughs> yeah, and I smacked you down partly, partly because White Album was released after Pet Sounds, so purely chronologically, you were you were out. Uh, <laughs> I was completely well, out. It didn't begin with an R. <laughs> if it had been the right album, I'd been a little bit closer. The problem is it was the wrong album. Too, <laughs> yeah, it was. It begins with a W. <laughs> I see Matthew Wright. Um, <laughs> your your favourite TV, Channel 5, idiot. Um, <laughs> so, and, uh, and this leads us in nicely to the song, because obviously uh, Pet Sounds was released in 1966, and I said in response to that, the Beatles then... Wrote um, Sergeant Peppers in 1967, and this is when Waterloo Sunset was written in 1967 by Ray Davis. Um, Can I just interject with something in this as well? Yeah, yeah. And we yeah. t- we, I, we talked about this on text before, but a friend of mine, Dan Earnshaw, were, we were talking about this week's podcast uh, yesterday because I was out drinking with him yesterday, and we were discussing it. And he said, and he said, "Don't quote me on this because I don't know whether it's definitely right." But he said, "Waterloo Sunset." was uh, Ray Davis's sort of answer to all of those American songs like California Girls and uh, all of those kind of bubblegum pop, uh, but like a lot of the Beach Boys stuff, which did mention yeah, places yeah. in America. And he kind of did this, right, I'm going to mention somewhere in in London because that's what I know about. Yeah, I, th- I don't know. I think that might be... 
half true. In fact, that I think that I, I, like I was looking at, I was looking it up for um, <coughs> for verification today, yeah. and there's nothing overtly said about it, but it's kind of alluded to in in, in a few articles that I was reading about. Well, I mean, I, I've got the inclination from my, what I've read that it, it was. Um, he, he actually wanted to call it the Liverpool sunset. Apparently, from, from what I've, he's been quoted as saying. <laughs> but then he um, went to Liverpool and saw a sunset. <laughs> decided that was a terrible idea. So everyone in Liverpool, I have lived there, so I can say those yeah, sort of things. We've we both lived there, so we've, we've seen it. Um, but he changed it because I think he wants to keep it true to what he knows. Obviously, he, he was. He's born. He's sort of a North London based, and still mm-hmm. is. Um, but I think he uh, Waterloo is quite pivotal in his life. To I think he was he was ill as a child and had spent some time at St Thomas. Yeah, Station. I think it was a tracky up to me. I was reading about. Yeah, so he had to go past Waterloo Station quite often, and also mm. I think he, um, he had to go past there for he went to art college in Croydon. So um, and he's thinking about he got a, a girlfriend near there. So he's I think Waterloo is quite a big place. So I, I'm not quite sure it was a direct response to. To, to to the Beach Boys and having a song title, but I think it was. Uh... I don't think it's the Beach Boys and it, it, as such. It's like just that kind of, you know, uh, Americans uh, American pop at the time was quite often going on about a place in America yeah, and how great yeah. it was and how great the people there were and how great and it was just sort of that, you know, th- this. It's, is like, it's the... finding identity, isn't it? Yeah, you know. And also, I mean, Beatles had Penny Lane, didn't they? And so, yeah, you know, they had quite. It's, it's not. It's not... Yeah, it's not uncommon, is it, to have somewhere um, sort of true to where you grow mm. up and what you your your city. So um, um, I think yeah, it's good on him. I think I mean it is it's a it's, it is a classic song. I mean, Paul, I think Paul Weller, um, I think it's his favourite song. So um, you know, and it's it's a good song. And I did see it. I saw Ray Davis play about a year and a half ago in the Hornsey Town Hall. He did a, he did a, mm. a, a chat gig with Mark Hamill. Uh, Luke Skywalker fame was interviewing him, which I thought was. I think I told you about that after I saw yeah, it. Yeah, it was a, you had a, a really Yeah, it's a bizarre kind of gig, and I thought, well, I've got to see him because I'm not a massive Kinks fan, but I like that, and I like a few other mm. songs that he's written. The, you know, the sort of the main things, but um, the main songs. But he, he was, he's an interesting guy and he's an interesting character. I think he's. See, I do this... think he is one of the best British songwriters we've we've ever had. Oh, definitely, honestly, this was a really difficult week for me because. You aren't a massive Kinks fan. I am a massive Kinks fan. Uh, I had this song as my ringtone for ages. Uh, okay. On, <laughs> like in, <laughs> in about 2000, for about two years, just before I moved it into This Charming Man by The Smiths, I had uh, <laughs> Waterloo Sunset was my ringtone. And, Which bit did uh, you have? Was it the, was it the opening? Dang, 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 dang? Uh, was it the, yeah, uh, it was that kind of the... the um, uh, Ding, 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 at oh, the beginning, okay, yeah. and then going into that. Ding, 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 ding. So, um, and yeah, just uh, like a, uh, I, yeah, I am a massive, massive Kinks fan. Uh, I love all, all of the really early stuff that was very rock, and then when it kind of got sort of, um, uh, Ray Davis really kind of marched on with his songwriting and became that kind of. Uh, like a bit more spiritual in what he was writing and mm. more thoughtful. Um, uh, I, I really like that as well. But, you know, things like All Day and All of the Night, I think is, a, is a, an amazing tune. It's like, you know, the guitaring oh, yeah, is yeah, fantastic. Yeah. And just the that kind of, it's a real, it's up there for me. That for me is up there with Twist and Shout as a, as a great, yeah. kind of, you know, a great kind of rock and roll pop song. They were kind of cutting, quite cutting edge, weren't they? But because yeah. they weren't quite in, in the mold of like the Beatles and kind of the flop, the mop tops, and the yeah, 
and the sort of the rock and roll inverted commas of like Rolling Stones, they didn't quite get that kind of no, um, and I think, that critical what, acclaim, did they? Sadly enough, that's what I love about them. I think yeah, because there's some brilliant. Um, uh, I mean, I don't know how well you know them, but there's a great song they did called "Tears of a Clown." That mm. is, or um, uh, no, it's not "Tears of the Clown." It's it's basically it's 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 this kind of story of this bloke who's it sounds like he's like a, a clown in a circus and it's going through right. it's going through all these elements of the circus that are no more and he's like looking through life through the bottom of a of a vodka or gin bottle uh, and it's 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 beautifully sad death, death of a clown that's it death of a clown yeah, yes. um, also also released the same year as uh, as Wally Sunset I tell you what Jim before we start. Cracking on. Can we ever listen to the song? Water yeah, sunset. let's do it. Let's do yeah. it. All right, here we go. Waterloo Sunset. As long as I gaze on Waterloo Sunset Great. It's a brilliant song, isn't it? <clears throat> um, I feel like I always come out of those songs, our, our main song, go, yeah, it's a brilliant song. But it is, it's a classic, isn't it? It is a classic. But that's the point, I suppose that's the point of the songs, isn't it? We're picking ones yeah. that we're saying are, you know, good songs. Yeah, can we did, find five Did we say that about MC Hammer? Well, if we did, it was in... It was in, it was in uh, I'm not sure. I'm just thinking, just trying to think back. We might have to listen back to that podcast. I think it was sure a brilliant good, song by MC Hammer. Yeah, Despacito, we were still a little bit. In fact, only half of the tunes we've had so far have come out saying brilliant song. Um, I think it's because all the songs we pick, you end up, you pick it because you think it's a great song. And I, I, I know, I'm, like, I listen back to stuff and I think, I'm always saying, that's a great tune. <laughs> um, but well, this one is, find, this... Well, it is a good tune. It is. It is. So, um, Oh God, I don't know. Yes, we've got to find five songs better than that between us. Um, I mean, just to, I think just to, it, don't want to get all artsy again, but I just think in 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 this song, uh, he really paints a picture of of London at the time. You, you you kind of feel that you are stood in Waterloo Station, just kind of watching. Uh, you know, watching what watching people coming and going and toing and froing and doing all of this, and I think just the um, the the kind of the area that Waterloo is in now, especially. I mean, you don't you don't think about it if you're getting on the train in Waterloo, but if you walk out of the station, you're right on yeah. the South Bank, which is like you know the creative <coughs> hub of of you know Britain, uh, London through through uh, through a number of years. Uh, you know, you've got the theatres there, and then like you know, the street stuff that goes. We've got on the TV, and... TV company. The ITV is not far from there, are they? Yeah, Royal uh, Festival Hall is there. I mean, yeah, we jammed yeah. Billy Bragg there, didn't we? We did jam oh, with Billy sorry, Bragg. Dro- no. Drop that name. I'll just sweep that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry, it was, it was quite a loose jam. I must admit, it was quite a runny jam. But uh... not, not when I tell people it isn't. It was me, you, you and actually, Billy Bragg. 
<laughs> Three of us on stage at the festival hall, not outside with 500 people. No, outside with 500 other people. No, no, no. No, 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 no. <laughs> if you're not aware of what, what we are, we were at Fire Better Podcast. Um, you can find us on Facebook as well. We've got a Facebook page. Um, we've got an Instagram. That's the same, same thing, Fire Better Podcast. Finally, now we've got some we've got some followers. So um, we put it out there, didn't we, Jim and I? We've said, you know, can we find, can we please have people joining in and finding, you know, can you contribute to the conversation? So we put it out there. So this is what we're doing. Can anyone come up with some suggestions now on our fifty odd followers? We've actually got some people um, <laughs> coming up with some suggestions. Some people, admittedly, we do know. Yeah. Heads up on that slightly, but um, uh, my <clears> brother Simon. At Mez One Hundred One on Twitter, he he uh, and he put, he put the thing that I mentioned last week, which is the the Chas and Dave song down to Margate. Got a place name? There we go. Um, as a better song than Waterloo Sunset? I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> I do. Um, <laughs> you do? Yes, so. I do. I do know. It's not a better song. Let's not even go there. He, he also mentioned the Clash London Calling, which is That's a it was, great that, tune. Was, that was on my on my list. The first sort of three or four I wrote yeah. down. With this, but um, it's one of the first ones that jumps into your head, isn't it? I mean, and that's how good that song is. It's like, yeah, it's, it, it pops in straight away. There's a few like that. I've decided <clears throat> to kind of not put up against it, not because I'm uh, I don't know, not because I don't want to be controversial, but I think I think I really want to find the right song that I mm. think is so for what and also to fit the categories now. And we'll come back to that in a second. So that's at Mess of 101 at Anne Aikens. Um, she mentioned Pulp's Mile End. Uh, which is a good, a really good song. And Pulp haven't been mentioned at all yet. Or Jarvis Cocker, I like, I like them. Um, and one I had, she mentioned, uh, Fat Boy Slim's "You're Not from Brighton." Yeah, cracking tune. That's a, that's a great album. Um, you've come a long way, baby, isn't it? So, that is. Uh, We've got another couple on Twitter as well. We've yep. got Red Medicine PDX uh, has said uh, Portland, Oregon by Loretta Lynn and Jack White. Uh, London Calling, he said again. Detroit Rock City. Uh, by the time I get to Phoenix, so he's uh, he's really gone in, and uh, and this was the best one. I actually tweeted uh, Dave Davis from the Kinks today, and he uh, he replied with uh, Rock and Roll Cities was his offer, which was a, a Kink song from from the eighties. I think both you and I admit we've never really heard that properly. Um, <clears throat> I well, I never heard it at all. <laughs> we looked, we heard the song and. Uh, it, it, I love, I love the fact. I love the fact. First of all, he got in touch and actually yeah. replied back to our uh, to our email, which I think uh, to our tweet, tweet, which I think is great because a few people haven't bothered. But um, um, <laughs> it's also the song that he sings on. He's the lead singer, isn't he? Yeah, and yeah. I think I do think uh, you know if if I'm gonna we'll, we'll obviously uh, reply to him and and say that we've you know he's, he's mentioned on the podcast and and offer him a link and and who knows maybe if you are. Ultimately, listening to this, Dave Davis. Yeah, I, I personally, I love the Kinks and think you're a great guitarist. And, and thanks for for getting involved. Yeah, no, it's brilliant. So, um, so there you go. So we're, we're now, uh, we're, you know, technically, episode five. We've made it, Jim. That's we've, it. Ma- we've made it. We're <laughs> messing with the big boys now. <laughs> still, still waiting for the. Uh, so, when exactly? Who are exactly the big boys? Uh, <laughs> uh, still waiting for the ice buckets. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, That's exactly. Right, yeah. Still haven't had any ice buckets for your white wine, and and well, we've mentioned Mother's Ruin now. Hopefully, some free gin will turn up. So there we go. So some good some good replies there. So thanks everyone for that. Um, obvious ones I thought about straight away were you know Big Cities um, was the Queen song Barcelona, wasn't it, Jim? 
Yeah, and uh, you know, very poignant that I, I've got to admit, as I was in Menorca, which is one of the Balearic Islands, you know, very close to Barcelona, it was something that was, you know, on the on, on the TV as we were there quite a lot, um, and you know, very very sad what happened. And there was a point I thought all of my five offerings this week out of uh, out of kind of uh, in in memory of what happened, I was going to pick all of my songs as Barcelona. Uh, yeah. By Freddie Mercury and Montserrat by and we just want to put out there, you know, what is our thoughts and uh, and uh, yeah, no, definitely uh, uh, with the people who were involved in the attacks and and you know for the people who've lost people in the attacks, it was a, a very very sad event and uh, you know yeah things like that shouldn't yeah. be happening really. So not at all, not at all. Um, so um, it's been yeah, it's been a, been a strange old week, isn't it? But. Um, mm. I'll tell you what, let's let's get let's get on with it, shall we? Because we got we got some we got five songs to get through, um, and we're going to roll the dice. So those of you who don't know this, and you, if you weren't tuning in recently, we have got uh, a dice, me and Jim, and um, digital dice. We're not actually face to face on Skype, um, so we we press it, and then if a one comes up, we talk about a song which is musically better than uh, Waterloo Sunset. If, a, if a number two comes up, it's an obscure song which maybe not a charted song for whatever reason, or just a, just a, a really out there song. Uh, if number three comes up, it's a guilty pleasure. If number four pops up, it's a memory song for Jim or I. And if number five comes up, it's a popular classic. And if number six comes up, it's a wild card, isn't it, Jim? Yes. Um, and that's and, all uh, the, the, Yeah, so the, the wild card is basically, uh, did we decide that the other person chooses the wild card for... The person who rolls the dice... <coughs> chooses yeah, the... Side. The world so, choose the category. Now, last week we we got through all the categories, but this time we're going to we've just we've changed them. We so we're going to yeah. If if if, the, if if I've had a musically number one, if you get number one, you can still you can still do yours. Yeah, That's we fine. kind of said if the category came up once, the other person can get it. And but we we decided this week, bugger that, you can have any category. Come on, let's do it. So, so who's? Uh, I think I'm rolling for you, Jim. You're rolling for me, isn't it, to start with? Okay. I mean, to to quote your song from last week. I roll for you. I roll for you. I think that might be a number one single in itself. <laughs> Dave Davis, if you are listening, at Dave Davis, can you uh, can you do a back and track through? I roll for you. Are you ready, Jim? I'm ready. Number four. It's a memory song. It's a memory song. Okay, good, excellent. Uh, I've got this is this is a really good memory song this week because it's a double memory. It's uh, I've got two memories of this song, uh, and uh, yeah, it's a it's a great song. I say that every week. Um, it's a really good song. Uh, it's uh, well, let's have a listen first, and then we'll talk about it afterwards. It is "Rainy Night in Soho" by the Pogues. All your joys, whatever happens to that old song. So all those little girls and boys. So there we are then, rainy night in Sofa. Um, quite a haunting tune I always think um, uh, I like kind of a lot of the imagery in there I like that kind of uh, 
the it, it's a bit of a love song as well. It's um, yeah, it's really nice, and I think the 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 lyrics uh, and the music are beautifully put together. Mm. Uh, came off the album, the brilliantly uh, named um, "Pogatry in Motion," uh, which I think is a great <laughs> a, a great um, play on words there from McGowan. Um, lots of stuff they do. I really like the Pogues. Uh, I didn't. I, I wouldn't have known them if it wasn't for the first memory of this, really. Yeah. Uh, the first memory of this is a girl that I went out with at school, uh, played, uh, bought the Greatest Hits album uh, of the yeah. Pogues, and, uh, yeah, we used to listen to this a lot. Um, just sort of reminds me of, weirdly, not really of her, but, um, <laughs> like, more about the people that I was, like, the people that I was hanging around with at the time. So a friend of mine, Andy Chambers, uh, we used to kind of listen to it a lot and, and just like going to and from people's houses, you'd have it on the Walkman or, you know, you'd just be, just be playing it in people's bedrooms. And it's that kind of teenage, it was a song we played a lot when we used to go and hang out in people's houses and listen to music. Um, yeah. Which, yeah, yeah. Uh, which was great because, you know, up until then, you'd, you'd, I'd never done that. That wasn't sort of, mm. you know, there, there comes that tipping point when you're a teenager, when, you know, playing out in the street on your bike and running around like a lunatic isn't fun anymore and you know playing it cool and being in someone's house and hey I've got this yeah, new yeah, record yeah. and this listen to this you know that, that sort of thing and it was it's, it's that sort of memory and then it comes in with a second memory uh, and this is about a guy that we've mentioned before a guy that we're talking about going and seeing next weekend yeah. in, in the mighty Paul Lagerdack and uh, when we first went to uni yeah and I remember a few of us went back to Paul Lagerdeck's uh, um, uh, accommodation, like his, his flat. Was that, in, was that in Lime Street? Yeah, in the Lime Street yeah. halls. And we were looking yeah. through his um, uh, record collection, and he had the greatest hits, the Pogues album, that I'd listened to at school mm. as a teenager. And we were talking about it, and I was flicking through, and I get, I said, "Oh, Rainy Night in Soho is such a great tune, isn't it?" And he, that's there's. Um, uh, there's a line in it called the the ginger lady or something, and it had been underlined. And the girl that bought him the album was a ginger head <laughs> girl, and had given it like it had given him the record, so he like it had all that kind of connotations with him. Yeah, yeah. We kind of you know we, we spent I think we spent hours that night talking about the song. Um, yeah, <laughs> that 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 first of all doesn't surprise me anything. Anything that you said that was surprised me about yeah. like it. Was spending hours talking about a one song, but also the mentioning of a girl. Mm. <laughs> Probably somewhere along the line, broke his heart or something. But, uh... Yeah, no, there's a good story with Cherry Cherry with that as well by Neil okay. Diamond. Um, Paul Paul Lagerdeck, one of Paul Lagerdeck's memories. <laughs> save, save it, save it. We were, well, yes. But but apparently, I like me. I, I like the <clears throat> I think we may we may have a little foray foray again uh, foray into uh, the Pogues a bit later on. Hopefully, mm. maybe. Um, I mean, yeah, the Pogues is essentially Shane McGowan and his lifestyle, isn't it? Mm. I mean, if we he if, if you sort of strip away the music, he, he he's still a character, isn't he? He's he's, he, he's an absolute kind of. I mean, we're talking about the old the the earlier days, I and mean, now I'm sure probably he's a bit more kind of. Maybe placid or a bit more kind of calmer than what he used to be, but he, he was a major. I think he drinks pints of Cinzani Bianco, though. As far I as I'm aware, he'd still be alive though if he did that. But he, did, like he, there were interviews with him not long ago, 
and he would just like not Cinzana, but you know, like Martini Bianco. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And he used to drink pints of that, just absolutely caning it. And there's that other story about how he left the Devonshire Arms in Camden, wasn't there? Yeah, on yeah, yeah. A winter's evening, and then collapsed in the street and and fell asleep in the snow for like five hours and someone found him and he was frozen stiff and nearly died that day as well. I mean, he's been through at least about four sets of teeth, hasn't he? I mean, I know he's, he's had a new set of teeth put in about a couple of years ago. Um, <laughs> like he had a bit of a sort of a, um, <laughs> a Sean Ryder moment where he realised, hey, I look, I look pretty decent with, <laughs> with teeth. <laughs> Um, I, sort of, I, I sort of look about ten years younger because he was he was sort of turning into some sort of geriatric kind of toothless yeah, kind of gurney here. Like, shakes and everything. Oh, proper shakes. I mean, he, and that's why I'm saying I'm surprised he's still drinking because you know he's not he's not old old, but he's, he's what fifty six maybe fifty fifty odd now. I find out, but um, um, I mean, he certainly is what he is what he is the pose, isn't he? His voice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he's surprisingly, he's quite cool. I know I know in that video of the Rain Night in Soho, um, in fact, a lot of the videos with the pose, he, he's sort of there with a sort of leather jacket and the... Cigarette. Yeah, cigarette, kind of cool. He's, I'm just cool looking at he's 59. Fucking hell, really? Yeah. Well, that, that staggered me more than Terence Trendarby was 55. From last he's episode. actually... He's 59, but he's going to be 60 on Christmas Day this year. Well, wow. his birthday's the 25th of December. Oh, uh, okay. well, well, 1957. Yeah. <laughs> so, <clears throat> so yeah, so 59 now, but this year, before the end of the year, he'll be 60. Jesus. Uh, hey, but listen, Jim, is it a better song than uh, Waterloo Sunset? Because I, I mean, I know a couple few of the Pope songs, but um, it doesn't strike me as being better than Waterloo Sunset. It's a tough one. It's a it's a really good song. I think. Um, do you know what? Do you know what? I think it's very similar in its makeup to um, to Waterloo Sunset because it's got that kind of it, it, it's that description of a of a place and what's going on and the people that are there. Is it a better song? I can't say it is. Of course. <laughs> I've got to say, like I said, <laughs> I've really struggled this week because I'm a massive Kinks fan and Waterloo Sunset is one of my favourite songs. You know, I was looking up Waterloo Sunset. It came in at number, like, 24 on the uh, Rolling Stone magazine's best songs of all time. Like, yeah. it's a very difficult place to go to find five, five songs. I know, I know. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I think... As much I, as I I've think, argued for it, and I do love yeah. the song, and I think it's a great song, and it's a great memory. Uh, it's, it's two good memories, you know, two two really good times uh, that it re- reminds me of. Um, yeah. It's not a better song. I think I concur with that. So um, there we go. Okay, well, that's not a great start, is it? We've had uh, one song down out of five, which we think are better, that. <laughs> and we've, we've, I think we both agreed that's not better than uh, the Kinks Waterloo Sunset. Um, okay, well, it's my turn now, isn't it? So, Jim, do you want to digital dice me? Uh, yes. Let me just get on my uh, on my app. Okay, so I'm rolling the dice, and you have got a four. Four. I've got a... Uh, oh, that's a memory song as well. Oh. Okay, memory song. <laughs> good, I like this one. This is a good one. <laughs> I think we've uh, we've also alluded to this memory about a couple of episodes ago uh, with Taj Mahal. Um, <clears throat> this is the, the 
ever brilliant Morrissey and come back to Camden. Where taxi drivers never stop talking Under slate grey Victorian sky Here you'll find despair and I Um, and <laughs> I know we talked about Taj Mahal and your your memory of that in Brazil, mm. two thousand four, wasn't it, Jim? Uh, yeah, two, summer two thousand four, wasn't it? Yeah. Excuse me, you, Jim. <laughs> Jim. Uh, I Dave, am Jim. Chris, you are Jim. Hi, Jim. Um, and Dave and Chris. And this album, you, uh, the the Morrissey album, um, you are the quarry. Yes. This this song, I think was it's a I think it's a lovely song actually. Uh, um, and it's kind of like it's, it's lyrically, I think it's probably as good as Waterloo Sunset. Um, again, he's referencing a part of London. Not that that has to be therefore as good as, but um, Cam, you know, Camden's a bit, Camden's obviously known for like things like you know people who are goths, and it's known for it's a um, musical centre as well. It's, a, Camden, it's a musical centre, yeah, definitely a musical centre. More recently, sort of Amy Winehouse, the Libertines, and that kind of that. But kind even of through like the the eighties, the seventies, and the sixties, Camden was the place that the musicians went to cheap rents. Oh god, and, yeah. Uh, well, she remember. I mean, you go you go now, and it is <clears throat> it's still kind of got the essence of what I think it used to have, and I think it's still kind of retained its kind of. I mean, it's gone commercial in many ways in the Camden market areas now. <laughs> Gone completely. There's like this Gilgamesh there, I think. And yeah, yeah. There's, there's loads of kind of like a lot nicer pubs there. And I think even when we were there back in the early 2000s, um, of which I think when, when this was written, and it has kind of gone still up market, but it still does retain its kind of. They do uh, a lot of live music, places like the Barfly, Dublin Castle. Dublin yeah, yeah. Castle still breaks new bands all the time, doesn't it? it, it it's, even, a, even, big... even the Roundhouse is, is still, it's still credible because it, it gets yeah. good. As well as kind of like, up but there's night. a lot of venues that are open to having new bands playing. There's a lot of things that go on. I remember uh, uh, a, a lad I used to know was in a in a band, and they did. They were part of this live music festival, and it was all new bands playing at the Barfly and various other venues in Camden, and that went over like a week. So they still do. It's still got that heritage of like new bands and new music. I mean, the song that I like the fact is. Um... He's obviously talking to someone. There's something I wanted to tell you. The first line, um, and he's <laughs> and he's got a very typical Morrissey line. And I remember that I am alone. So instantly, he sort of he's gone straight into sort of like you know feels feels sorry for me kind of mode. Uh, <laughs> mode. Um, but some of the imagery. I think you mentioned imagery recently uh, in, in, earlier on. The tile yard all along the railings. The drinking tea with the taste of the Thames. Mm. The discoloured dark brown staircase. The um, uh, the the slate uh, a line I love is under the slate grey Victorian sky. Yeah, I think which is it's a cracking line. Oh, it's, cla- um, it's, it's great Morrissey poetry. And it, it's kind of him yearning because obviously he lives in LA now. I think he had, mm. has he was then in two thousand three four, and he still does now. And he'd been there I think for, for a few years before that. So I think he's kind of it's almost like him yearning to live back in 
uh, kind of a city back in back in England, you know, which is obviously a place that he's. It's he's also a little bit associated um, with. And I know you're not going to like this, but I mean this in the best positive, best possible way. It's a yeah. bit like that kind of sting uh, Englishman in New York. Um, <laughs> it's that kind of fish out of water kind of thing, isn't it? And yeah. he's, it, yeah, he's like, he knows he's, for someone who is such a miserable sod, he is very quintessentially British, Morrissey, isn't he? he, he you know, it's, I think even more so. I think he's done a thing when you go abroad. Yeah. Um, uh, which actually links to this song quite well, actually, because I'll talk to you in a second while the memory is there. Uh, in back in when we were in Brazil for that summer, but um, a friend of mine, Jeff, who I think you met, Jeff, um, is now now lives in Brazil and he's mm-hmm. um, opened up a hostel in Santa Teresa, which I think again we've been there. Um, <clears throat> but I think um, when you live abroad somewhere, you tend to really kind of look back on your your sort of like sort of where you grew up and where you where you're from, and you really kind of romanticise it a lot. And mm. I think um, you become more British if you live abroad. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think he he is quite guilty of that, but in a, in a good way. I mean, not in a kind of a no, no, definitely not an exploitative way. I think he's, I think he is, I think he is that miserable. He is it's that kind of through that song as well. I feel like he's asking for forgiveness. He's he's almost asking for forgiveness, and it's almost a can I come back? I'm yearning yeah. so much to come to, for for Britain. Can I come back, please? Yeah, and I'll be good. I'll be good. I'll be good. So. Mm. It's a nice little narrative there about what what has happened, what's done. But he's talking about my heart for you forever, forevermore is quite a, a, mm. a, a, repeated, a repeated line. Um, but that, but then that, <clears throat> why? I love the fact that that song is is reminiscent of, of our, yeah, the time we spent in Brazil because it was that for us. I think for you and I it was kind of a nice kind of beginning of a new chapter, wasn't it? We're both just on our PGCE, so yeah. it was like the start of something new. And I think this song. Um, and this it album was quite an odd one because Brazil was like a kind of it was almost a saying goodbye to the life wasn't it mm. it was like this this is the life this this is the stupid life we used to lead uh, used to yeah. lead and at the end of this summer we're going to have to get serious and be adults, adults. <laughs> yeah. and you know we, we've had jobs before but yeah. really this is like we're making a big career choice, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and and that that was that was kind of it was the last hurrah, really, wasn't it? It was the last hurrah, yeah. Um... I mean, clearly it wasn't the last hurrah, but it, it, like it kind of <laughs> felt like it. You know, it was yeah. kind of. I think the length of time. I mean, we were there pretty much all summer, and it's funny that t- there's two albums that really zing out yeah. for me in Brazil. Is this uh, "You Are the Quarry"? And yeah, and obviously Franz Ferdinand. Franz Ferdinand, uh, yeah, definitely. First album with a guy absolutely that, hammered. And again, that that will probably come up at some point in, yeah. in a later episode. But um, but I mean, I, I, yeah, this is the whole album itself was 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 is a memory for me. But this this song particularly, I think it wasn't the song you kind of listen to, you know, when we're in a hostel. But because mm. this is kind of a, this is quite a sort of quite a night. It's a it's a ballad. It's a sl- it's a slow it's song. A, but this it is, album I listened to quite a lot when we would sit on coach journeys or yeah, you know or. Uh, sitting on the beach, just in you know those kind of quiet moments when you you just you was kind of stuck alone or not stuck alone, but just you know you were you were kind yeah, of yeah, alone yeah. and just wanted thought. to yeah. I mean, I love, I love it. I think it's got I think it's got lyric. I said lyrically, I think it's as as good as Ray Davies. I think he he Morrissey is as quintessentially English British and as odd as Ray Davies. Mm. Um, 
I think the album, this album, but I think this song particularly, um, I think the structure of the song, I think is just, it's just lovely and it's sort of the piano opening. Um, and it's got, it's very Morrissey, you know, it is very Morrissey, but he, <coughs> he does, he does very well in this song. Um, and I think, and we mentioned about that, <laughs> the first couple of episodes, we talked about he tries to squeeze in as many lines as possible. Yeah. Funny enough, though, I, talked, <laughs> I listened to this week when I was clearing out a cupboard and I always stick a, I always try and stick a podcast on whenever I can. Um, I had David, David Baddiel was talking to Johnny Marr. I think it was the Penguin uh, podcast, possibly. It was some sort of Penguin book publishing company yeah. podcast. And he was talking to Johnny Marr about his new book. But he was talking, mentioned on the Smiths era, and then he was mentioning about, uh, and I think we alluded to it, about the the, the, the Marr kind of melody with the Morrissey mm. lyrics and how sometimes they didn't quite match, but um, they both complemented really well. And I think... Um, yeah. Um, it was something, yeah, something I thought, oh, we mentioned that. Oh, yeah, actually, yeah. Even, even Johnny Marr thinks that as well. I think that's... Uh, well, um, when it's get all English, it was quite a juxtaposition between the two, isn't it? It's, completely, you know, yeah. So. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. It's always the way when you go solo. That, that, that's, he, he lost Johnny Marr when he went solo, obviously, because yeah. uh, that was dismissed. But um, I think that is his return to form. Like, I don't think... Quarry is a great album. I don't think I don't think he's better. You're, you are the quarry in terms of solo stuff of the late. Of the not last as an album. Years. I thought there were good songs on the ringleader with Tormentors. Um, there but were not three album. really good songs. It was the one that was straight after You Are the Quarry. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> there were three really good songs on that. Um, it's not leaping to mind at the moment. But You Are no. the Quarry, uh, first of the gang to die, is is a wonderful, ah. wonderful tune. The although for me one of the best songs on it. Um, the best version of it isn't done by him. It's the uh, Nancy Sinatra covered one of his songs, didn't she? Oh, and, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, uh, Let Me Kiss You. Let Me Kiss You, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that, her version of that is just amazing. It's just a bloody fantastic, fantastic <laughs> version of it. And, and and I love Morrissey, but I thought she did a better job. And I think he well, they were good mates, weren't they? Yeah, they yeah, they're right. Like he... That's why she did it, I think. Um, but look, I'm going to have to throw this in here. I, you know, you know I love Morrissey. You know I love The Smiths. You know I love this album. Do I think this song is a better song than Waterloo Sunset? I, I, I just can't. I can't. I've got to throw it in there. I don't. I don't think it is a better song than Waterloo Sunset. I think, I think it's a good well, song. Think, yeah. Okay, well, listen, I'll tell you what, I think that's the idea, isn't it? You know, the person who listens to the argument has to make that final decision, and you've said it's not as good, so... Um, what do you think? Uh, Where do you stand? Do you, do, you, do you believe your argument? Do you think this is a better song than what Lisa uh, said? I think it's on a par, so... I, I, that, uh, but then that's not, that's not better, is it? It's not better. Yeah. In the uh, end of time, will this be seen as a better song? It won't be, because actually that it's not as important is it whereas Wall of Sunset mm. is one of their this is not one of his biggest hits no exactly uh, and that's where I think we're that's where I think we're really clutching at straws for anything yeah um, okay well, I'll tell you what I'm going I'm I'm to say it's as good but it's not better than I've, I'm going to I'm going to go with you with that okay okay so digital dice digital dice Number six, it's a wild card. Oh, Jim, wild card. <laughs> I'm really excited. It's the first time we've had the wild card. <laughs> no, I had a wild card last week and I asked you to give me a guilty pleasure. 
Um, so <laughs> it's clearly my. I don't think we didn't roll the. Oh, I don't know. You I don't can't remember. Talk. I thought we ran out of the dice in the end. I don't know. You don't. You don't bloody know, do you? <laughs> Um, you weren't paying attention. Right, Jim, I'm going to ask you uh, for your from your wild card, my choice, to give me your musically better, please. Musically better. Okay. Um, if you're going for musically better than Ray Davis and the Kinks, you've got to go big. Um, and so uh, I did go big. I went with you know, one of the one of the true greats. So the song that I've gone for is musically better is uh Trenchtown Rock Trenchtown Rock by Bob Marley. So let's have a let's have a listen to that now. I say don't watch that Trenchtown Rock If you want big fish or spread Trenchtown Rock You reap what you sow Trenchtown Rock I everyone know now Trenchtown Rock Don't burn your back Trenchtown Rock I say give us one a try Trenchtown Rock Never Bob Marley there, big, big, big name, big musician, great musician, uh, you know, great songs, um, godfather of reggae, really, I suppose, uh, you know, the, the kind of the, the big kahuna there, the, the person that really brought reggae to, to the masses. Um, and in Trenchtown Rock, I think it's a, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a wonderful tune. It's the first line of this song is the, the best line um, one of the best lines for me in music, the the one good thing about music when it hits you feel no pain and I just think that sums up kind of everything that, uh, that I ever want to feel about music. It's like, you know, it's, mm. I, I love it when music smacks you in the face and, 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 and like grabs hold of you and, and it like shakes you around and kind of, mm. you, you know, you get that, that enjoyment of it and the, you know, the, you know, the smile on your face and you, you love it. And, and, and it's true. You don't, you don't feel any pain when great music hits you. You don't feel the pain. You just feel I good. Like, I, like, I, like, <laughs> I love that fact afterwards. He always says then, so hit me with music, yeah. hit me with music, hit me with music, hit me with music. Hit me with music now. <laughs> <laughs> no, just in case you were, if you're upon, if you're hesitating whether to hit me with music, yeah, do now. <laughs> now, no, just let me shake my trench coat off. Um, yeah, trench town rock, not to be confused with trench coat rock. Um, it's a different form, kind of, of, isn't it? Yeah, upper middle class, uh, you know, wax trench coat sort of uh, sort of look about things. Um, but yeah, you know, it's that, uh, and other things in it, Trenchtown Rock, Big Fish or Sprat, you know, it's there, it's for everybody, music's there for everybody, yeah. you don't, you can be the big player, you can be super rich, you can be a megastar, or you can just be somebody, uh, you know, and, and, and it's everything, uh, everything there, and I think everything that, it, it's quite, I feel, I've, it, it's one of his more political messaged songs, I think, uh, yeah. politically motivated songs in there, because he's talking about you know, the poverty that, that that was there within Trench Town, and and also the you know the plight of the the um, black people in Jamaica at the time, and, and and you know all of that, and I think you know the slums, and just trying to uh, kind of you know bring people up to up to speed in, in in what was going on. But ultimately, for me, with this song, it's just it's just a brilliant, brilliant song. It, you know. It, it, the lyrics, the music, the kind of the, the bounciness of it, it kind of skips along nicely. It, um, it's a lot more upbeat than a lot of his other songs, I find. You know, some of his songs yeah. are, are quite kind of uh, subdued or, 
you know, really putting a message out there like. Um, he really, he really made it big in the UK, didn't he, Bob Marley? Yeah, he was. A, um, you know, he was one of those artists that uh, came to the UK and and uh, did well. I was listening to something on Island Records the other day, and the, and the guy was saying that um, Island Records used to be about "Don't worry, we'll make you big." They didn't. They didn't care. They didn't sign people that they thought were big. They signed people that they believed in what they were doing and wanted them to and wanted to promote them and say they were a big part of. Uh, of pushing him, uh, him along. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah. But uh, well, it, uh, that's quite uh, funny because actually, Island Records. I, I mean, I, lo- I think Island Records are amazing because I think they've they've championed, you know, Bob Marley. And I think at that point, you know, like you said, he he is synonymous with like reggae music. He, mm. he is, you know, bloody hell. If you if you just go, if you say reggae music, to someone within the first kind of sentence or two, they will say probably Bob Marley or something like that. You know, at some point, his name will come up because that is regular yeah, he's, he's one of the um, people who's truly crossed into the mainstream and and still always had his credibility, hasn't he? I don't know whether yeah, that's I, I think Island Records, he was doing are, it. Or... Records are, the, are the people that did that. I mean, it did, took, took a chance on people like that. And, and why mm. I mention that is because, um, this is my Nick Drake reference for today. Um, <laughs> this episode, um, Nick Drake uh, was signed by Island Records and Chris Blackwell, who's the sort of the founder of Island Records. Um, similarly, took a risk on people. You know, you say he finds people, and like you said, there he finds people, and, and he he just he champions them because not because they're what he said they're the best people, but just because they've got something different to offer. Yeah, I think. it's something that they want to promote, um, and they, they yeah, want to like, put I out think there, he, Island Records is is great because you've, you've got. Yeah, you know, reggae music on one side, and you've got folk music on the other side, and, mm. and two are, are both actually kind of fa- fairly similar, not in style, but in terms of either politically or, or socially, they've got a message. Um, and I think um, Chris Blackwell is actually, in terms of a, a person who's quite a forefather of, forefather of sort of popular music, he, he's up there. He's like he's eighty odd now, and he's um. He's, yeah, I think he's. I mean, Island Records, full stop. I think are a great, are just a good record label, and they're not kind of too commercial, like a Sony or kind of a, a Polydor or anything like that. They they are still quite credible. So yeah, I think. Um, yeah. I can't remember where yeah. I was listening to. I think it was on Radio Two. It might have been someone talking to Simon Mayo, or someone talk, someone was sitting in for Simon Mayo and they were talking to him about a book or something. Mm. But it was just, yeah, it was just one of those interviews that. I think one of the things doing this podcast, you kind of listen to, something, you hear things on the radio, you go, oh, oh well, I didn't realise that. So you kind of yeah. become a bit more in tune to what people are yeah. saying. Completely, yeah. Um, but listen, though, back to the song, though, Jim. I mean, you know, of all the Bob Marley songs, obviously we've, we've, we've been restricted to the, the place, mm. town, city of the sort of the theme of this week, but um, this episode. But um, Trench Town Rock, I mean, it's, it's not even there best song though is it the Bob Marley and the Whalers um, um, and, that, and that begs the question what is the Bob Marley and Whalers song you would probably say is their best song um, I'm going to put you on the spot there I, I've got to go cheesy with that I, I love No Woman No Cry um, good that's a brilliant song it's a brilliant it's, song. it's a great song I know it's his best known I know it's on the Legend album I know not, um, uh, I know it's that kind of everyone's go to track I just love it so much. I couldn't, if if I had to listen to one Bob Marley, only ever listen to one Bob Marley song again uh, for the rest of my life. That I'd have to pick that one because I, I just yeah. love it so much. 
it's tough, it. one, isn't it? I, I, I love it. Well, that's, that's a great tune. I, mean, I, I like Twee Little Birds. Yeah, that's good. Um, even Buffalo Soldier. I mean, they're, they're such good songs. Yeah, there's, there's great songs on there. But that's another reason that I think this is a good, that Trenchtown Rock is a good choice because it's not, it's not one of those ones that you, you kind of go, oh, yeah, yeah, Bob Marley, yeah, just pull out a Bob Marley track. Um, <laughs> So, I don't know. I think got, the I've difficulty here is the size of the artist that I've gone in yeah. with is, is, is making it. You've you've gone in you've gone in big, with, and I've with, also gone for a defining artist in a genre as well, which uh, yeah. which does make it make it difficult, um, I suppose. Because um, I mean, they're both they're both sort of polar opposites musically. Yeah. Even though they're sort of stylistically definitely, but like. Um, well, that's another thing with this whole podcast is we're quite often comparing uh, different genre, different musicians, different artists, different styles. It's it's difficult. I, did, I said to you at the start of this podcast, this was going to be really hard one. I, I, I'm 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 just not sure that it's it's better than Water the Sunset. Right, I'm really offended now. <laughs> but, you, but you probably shouldn't be offended. <laughs> I'm really annoyed. I hate you. This podcast is over. It's, it's like 10 people are sighing with relief right now. I was going to say thousands, <laughs> but it's anyway. 10? Bloody hell. There's one person. I reckon, I reckon your wife, my wife. Um, <laughs> my wife. My wife. Take my mother in law. Dave Davis obviously is, is laughing now. Dave Davis is. Uh, <laughs> Laughing at the stupidity of even offering a tweet to us. Um, I'm going to say no. It's not better. Sorry. Okay. So, okay, we're going to we're going to have to go with no. You've made your you've made your decision. Sorry. Sorry. I, may, I may be taking it to the European Court of Human Rights. However, apparently we're not allowed to do that anymore because of Brexit. Although we might be able to, but we're not going to. But you know, <laughs> get political, Billy Bragg. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I've rolled the dice for you. So you yeah, number three there, yeah, number three. Um, hey, listen, I've got a popular classic for you now, Jimbo, mm. and listeners. Um, feels weird in August talking about this song because I never really want to hear the song <laughs> until a certain time of the year. Um, it is synonymous with this festive season. Easter? And, <laughs> uh, nope. <laughs> Ascension Sunday? Ascension Sunday. Fifth Tuesday after Pentecost. <laughs> nope, it's not Yom Kippur. It's none of, it's none of those. No. It's uh, it's it's Christmas. And if you have, if you're if you're bored enough for Christmas and you're in a in a, in a shopping mall, um, you will hear this song no doubt being played to death. It is the Pose, featuring Kirsty McCall, the Fairy Tale of New York. Oh, 
like I said, I, don't, I, I can't. I struggle to listen to this in August, but um, it is an absolutely fantastic song. I mean, it is considered probably the 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 world. I say, I, I'm speaking on behalf of the world here. <laughs> the world, the world's greatest Christmas song. Um, and if it's not the world's greatest, it's certainly up there in the top five songs of Christmas songs. Um, <laughs> not to say that's therefore <clears throat> the reason why it is in a five better podcast uh, and it's better than Wall of Sunset but and, I, and I, I'm quite aware we've said uh, we've said the Poe song already the, the, the Rainy Night in Soho but this I think this song actually I think this song is better than that song um, and I think if you are going to talk about the go-to song of the Pogues this is probably the first song you would go to certainly as a, a person who's a novice you'll go to the Pogues yeah this is the only song I know um what is it? What is it about the song that's that's not good? I mean, it's got it's got, it's got fantastic lyrics. It's got a duet which I think has never been bettered since. And I know that um, I don't know. Didn't didn't someone tell me like Ronan Keaton do this for a version of this song with someone equally as awful as him in the female part, which which Kirsty McCall sang in the original? Um, you can't top a duo, a duo such as the Pogues. Um, Shane McGowan and Kirsten McCall. Um, even now, I'm thinking Peters and Lee. No, not as good. Millie and uh, Vanilli. Millie and Vanilli. <laughs> no, <laughs> neither of them. <laughs> any of them. Any of them. Whoever sang as well for them. No. Um, and and, and also they were a double act. With Deesis, which this was a featuring. Remember, this is a, this. She wasn't even in the band. She was absolutely brilliant. I mean, this song is a brilliant song. Mm, um, she's, a, she's a great singer. Her dad wrote a lot of songs as well, didn't he? Her dad was quite a famous songwriter. Uh, um, there's, a really, there's a really famous song that he wrote that I can't think what it is. but it, uh... mm. Well, I know also that the, she purely got the, the gig by, purely by chance. It's sort of, sort of serendipity. Her, her husband's uh, Steve Lillywhite, who produced a lot of U2 stuff. Yeah. Um, and Elvis Costello originally produced the album which this featured, mm. or the Pogues generally. And I think he was going out with the guitar player or someone, the bass player, and they ended up she she left or something happened like that, and um, therefore he relinquished production duties, and therefore Steve Lillywhite took over. And I think I think I think either she, the bass player that left, was was going to do the original vocals for this, and therefore Steve Lillywhite came in and said, "Well, look." Kirsty can do the song, so let's let's have her doing it. I think it was um, it was a fucking it was a, you know, of one of the most fortunate things to happen. That that was it. I mean, the song the song is purely made by her and his his vocals together. Um, and also she she's she was always bit. I mean, obviously the sad thing is she's now passed away. I think it was mm, quite a tragic yeah. tragic accident that happened to her um, about what ten fifteen years ago was it? I think yeah, something um, like that. It's just turn of the century, wasn't it? Yeah, really, really awful. But like, it was it it so worked because because you know Shane McCann is probably uh, haven't seen documentaries about him. He's not it's not an easy guy, is he? He's not an no. easy guy to get along with. I think he's you know he's a, he's a, he can be kind of fairly quite not aggressive in a violent way, but just kind of fairly forceful. I think. But I think she she comes across certainly in this song in the lyrics that she sings. As, as, it's, as another, it's another one of those ones, the, the difference in their voices works really well. The difference in the way that they are, like you're saying, he's quite aggressive, she's quite kind of soft and... <clears throat> um, yeah, but, but also she fights back a bit, you know, you cheat yeah. on 
she's she's also kind of like she's the it's a it's a it feels like a sort of a drunken argument at christmas between two a very kind of feisty couple who love each other dearly and he's an absolute pisshead and she's kind of mm. had, had enough of his crap and she's just kind of fighting back at him um and i <laughs> and i love i love the whole lyric i mean lyric it's funny the whole i mean obviously there's a there's contention with the lyrics um with radio one they banned the word faggot and slut from it yeah. <laughs> was um i think back in 2007 they didn't want to have him play it being played so it, it, it can be considered quite offensive but i think yeah it's it's and that's what i like about it being it's the most popular kind of christmas song considered to be because it's got kind of fairly um well first of all it's about you know fair tale of new york it's not english mm. i think the british think of it or well, the pogues are british um or irish no, they're british um and they talk about the NYPD choir. You know, it, it's certainly not set in a kind of a place we're familiar with, but it feels it feels really Christmassy. Um, okay. I love that fact. My 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 silence is going to speak volumes here. Oh, God. I um, I I love Christmas songs. Um, Listen, I'm not I'm not selling it as a song that is musically best uh, as a popular classic. And therefore, better because it's a Christmas song. I'm no, purely no, no. that's an aside. That that is purely an aside. I um, I love I love Christmas songs. Um, you know, having worked in Burger King for years and listened to the you know the Christmas album comes out at the end of November and you listen to it all the way through December on repeat. Um, <clears throat> and I think I fancy myself as a bit of an aficionado on the on the old Christmas song. And I I know this is a good song. But I'm so over this song. I'm so you can't. Over it. But you know what? They, do you know what I hate? Do you know what I hate? It's the people that sing it all the way, and they, and they all put the Is Irish that accent fault? on. That's not their fault. That's not their fault. It's not. I know it's not their fault. It's not the song's that fault. That is what it's become. That is what it has become. And it has become and that. It just, has become that. But it's not. That's not the point of the. the that's do, not a point you know, of your decision making. Another thing is the NYPD don't have a choir. They don't have a choir. That's fine. Listen, that's that's a fact. That's fact of Monday. Um, and also, I mean, uh, like I know everyone loves this. Christmas. Oh, it's the best Christmas song ever. It's the best Christmas song ever. This is. It's not. It's not. It's not January okay. March the Cavalry. It's not. Do they know it's Christmas? Sorry, it's, what was the first one he said? It wasn't what. Jerry <laughs> Louis March the Cavalry. Oh, fucking right, it's not that, because that's a terrible song. <laughs> no, shut up. It's the most depressive song I've ever heard. If I was in the trenches, I'd have shot him. poignant, it's beautiful, it's Jonah Louie. It's not Slade, it's not Wham, Last Christmas, Gave You My Heart, Someone Special. Sorry, I'm sorry, that's, that's, yeah, no, 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 I can't have that. I've got to say, I like I. I know this is a good song. This is one of those songs that's right, that is right out there. In I know it's good. I know it's good. I'm not going to argue that it's not good. It's just not for me. This song. Um, I, think, I think you have to. You have to be a little bit more kind of um, uh, neutral about this because yeah, it might not be for you, but is a song better than the Kinks' Waterloo Sunset? No. <laughs> that, that's, that's not what I would say. <laughs> and even though I'm not the biggest fan of this, I used to like it. Don't get me wrong, I used to like it. I think it's just 
it's just grated on me over the years and just this constant no, I, I, like, I completely get that. Yeah, this constant is, loving for, for the song and it, and it is a good song but it gets so overly not even overly played because it's no, like you can't overplay a Christmas song because you only play it for one month a year and it doesn't matter if you play it every bloody five minutes it just doesn't matter it's a Christmas song and that's what they're there for so it's not that it's overplayed it's overly it sounds really odd it's overly loved by people in this kind of it's the greatest thing ever at Christmas, and it just it it doesn't it doesn't mean Christmas to me this song. But that's not right. The reason it. Well, that's not the reason. That's Come not on. the reason. The ultimate reason is it's a good song, but it's not better than the Kinks Wally song. Okay, okay. I listen. I think I might have to go. I might. I might. I might meet you a little bit in terms of. I think it's as good like Morris's. Come back. <laughs> I think it's as good. Oh, but is it better? I. Okay, well, you know, you have, you, I think I think you have to have the final decision. I think the opponent has to have the final decision. I think <clears throat> I go with you with that, and that leads us now to the, the that's our fourth song of which, of which we are rocking along nicely. None of them are better. This could be this could be the first one where we don't find five better. But um, Jim, are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Is, give me give me a roll. Okay, um, you've, I've rolled number three. Guilty pleasure. Excellent. Um, uh, brilliant. Uh, this song, I've put it in as a guilty pleasure, and it, it's arguably not a guilty pleasure, but I've kind of snuck it in there, um, and I'll explain why in a second. So the song is Folsom Prison Blues by Johnny Cash. I hear the train a coming, it's rolling around the bend. And I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when I'm stuck in Folsom Prison And time keeps dragging on But that train keeps rolling On down to San Antonio When I was just a baby My mama told me, son So we go, Folsom Prison Blues, Johnny, Johnny Cash now you could argue this isn't, uh, this doesn't really fit into the realms of guilty pleasure. But the reason I've kind of crowbarred it in there is that is because I think that, um, you know, up until recently, uh, up until the film came out, and up until probably mm. up until he worked with Rick Rubin on the um, on the uh, uh, his last kind of album, um, that really with songs like Her and The Man Comes Around and, and all of those uh, those songs on there uh, really pushed him back into the into the in, in, into the big time. He's never yeah. he was never out of the big time, but it kind of gave him gave him his credibility back, I think. Um, you know, he up until sort of fifteen years ago, he was still seen as a bit you know, Johnny Cash, country and western. No, no, no one's really into into that as great as he was so that's why I've crowbarred him in as, as a guilty pleasure and this song uh, I think is brilliant I think it's Cash as it, it, his absolute best it's that kind of um, country and western uh, borderline skiffle um, yeah completely yeah, you know, yeah. it's got it, it, it's really got it's, it's him playing the guitar and it's you know it's a bloke beating a box and you can almost, he's almost got the um shoebox with the, the the 
wine crate with the broom handle in it and one <laughs> bit of string you know it's, it, it really is that kind of that kind of thing it's really stripped down it's really basic it's a it, it it's a really odd uh it comes it comes at an odd time when he went into the the, the prison didn't he and, and did, yeah, did yeah, the, yeah the free gig for the prison in, inmates which just sort of very yeah that was in was it, it was sort of 60s wasn't it um yeah and um I mean, I think the song was written in 1953. I think, from reading yeah. here correctly, but like, Jesus Christ! I mean, that's that's <laughs> that's a long time ago. But I mean, Johnny Cash has got such a gravitas behind him, isn't he? Mm. He's he is such a blooming storyteller, isn't he? I think, I think if he, if you're talking about kind of British songwriters with um, who are quintessentially kind of English or British, um, of which Ray Davis is, yeah. Uh, and Morrissey, possibly, and you, know, you can argue Shane McGowan. I think um, Johnny Cash really sums up kind of America, doesn't he, of the sort of 20th century? Um, it does, and I think he's of, of a certain, definitely of a certain era. Um, and I think this song is, I mean, certainly the live version when you sort of hear the crowd kind of on mm. his side because he, he effectively was one of them, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, because uh, he'd been in prison they and loved he him. came and, he, yeah. and he, he did it as a sort of you know, uh, kind of. And a nod to the fact that he'd had to go to prison, and I, I just think it's um, this is great American songwriting at its best. This is, uh, and I do, and I do think, you know, it, again, if we if we want to talk memory with it, I remember being in a, in a pub in Liverpool with you and uh, Paul Lagerdack, I believe, and. Mm -hmm. and uh, some others and I was talking we were talking about Neil Diamond and you know I was obviously always into Neil Diamond and then and then Paul was going oh you know I've been listening to a lot of Johnny Cash and I was kind of like oh Johnny Cash man get out of town and that's what I mean by it being a guilty pleasure because yeah. you know that was 20 years ago and that was the kind of that was the level Johnny Cash was at he was seen as you know, yeah, very yeah, country yeah, and yeah. western and country and western wasn't cool and, and that, but now people see him for the for the true musical giant that he is i think more so in this country i think in america he's always had a massive massive following hasn't oh he? yeah definitely yeah yeah <clears throat> um i mean certainly that that line uh, you you referenced down his like his sort of later years before mm. he died that, that was his um yeah that was that, that was beautiful his last kind of album or two he did with um yeah i mean he certainly got the best album didn't he yeah um, with those American albums, um, I mean, even though, and this is, uh, I think this this could be another kind of reference for a, a later podcast. But um, cover songs, you know, the songs that are better than the original, which I think definitely hurt. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's definitely better than the original. Cover a cover song of a cover song. <laughs> Why not? Sounds like um, um, Of which, I mean, I instantly think of is um, oh god, what is the Jimi Hendrix song? I mean, all, all along the Watchtower, yeah. Jimi Hendrix is better than Bob Dylan. Um, yeah, yeah, so yeah. Johnny, Johnny Cash is hurt. It's better than Nine Inch Nails. I don't care if you love Trent Reznor. You think he's, you know, he because he is a great composer, really good artist. Um, that Johnny Cash version. Johnny Cash version is brilliant. The video knocks it out. Of the, oh, the, video, the video, the video, the video is heartbreaking. You want to fucking bore your eyes out, particularly yeah. when you know his wife June died. You know, not long not, after. Well, she died before the video that, yeah. came out, didn't she? But she's in the exactly, video, yeah. sitting up on a chair, looking like an angel, looking down on top of him. And it, it's... It, it is absolutely... 
It's beautiful. And I think just for him to sing that song as well, I think it's just it's, it's perfect because it kind of almost sums up his life, doesn't it? It sums up. Well, it's like it's, it's like he wrote it or it was written for him. Yeah. Um, I think it, that's why it was so. That kind you know, of self-destruction that he went on. Yeah. Um, and I think you know, again, when we're to, we're talking about trying to find songs better than uh, better than uh, Waterloo Sunset. I, I've had to go. I've had to go big because I like the Kinks so much. I've had to go with great artists like um, uh, Bob Marley, um, the Pogues, and, yeah. and and Johnny Cash. And uh, this is this is one of the ones I think this is a contender. I've got to say. right. I tell you what, Jim. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you that because I think um, I think yeah, it's one of his sort of. Signature songs, Signature as, as, it, as is Ray Davis's "Wall of Sunset" <clears throat> is to the Kingston to him. Um, it's yeah, it, it, that I think it, it, yeah, it's certainly as good as. But I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it nudges it slightly. So um, I think Jim, we found one better song Woo. than the Kingston's <laughs> "Wall of Sunset." <laughs> um, I mean, let's be honest, eighty percent of our tunes failed. <laughs> um, yeah. They, they, they say, but, the, but that's our lives, guy. <laughs> but you know what? It's, it's funny. It's, it's, wait, so what is it? 99% perspiration, 1% inspiration? Yeah, 80%, 80% failure. <laughs> 80% failure. And even that's pretty good for me. <laughs> well, look, I'll tell you what. Let's go through the things, the, 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 the near misses, shall we? So like, can, I talk, can I talk to you about my first... Uh, if I, the if Drake like, ones you'd... that you had. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't have Drake this week. But I did have Rufus Wainwright, my, my second favourite artist, um, and his song 14th Street, which I thought was musically better because it has such a love. It's, it's obviously one, one album in 2003. Um, it's quite, it's, it's very typically him. It's lyrically about some sort of breakup and other sort of. I'm choosing sort of ballads of, of late. I'm thinking I'm a bit sad. Mm. Um, oh, we've um, thought that for years. Well, yeah, different, yeah, different way. But um, I love Rufus, Rufus Wainwright. I think it's a great, great song, great album. Um, certainly up there, and if I could have argued that, I'd I'd have tried. Um, what about you? Another one? Um, my popular um, popular classic was California by um, uh, Dr Dre and uh, and Tupac, which I think is an absolute classic popular tune. Yeah, um, and that was mentioned on Twitter as well by. Um, uh, oh, Jenny Jenny underscore Jenny K, K underscore yeah, ninety. Jenny yeah, K. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and she, she had that one, and I, uh, I'd agree with her. I think that one is a, is a real quite a few California. I mean, I thought California Girls by um, yeah. the Beach Boys, and also quite like California Girls by Katy Perry. It's got a yeah. good song. Oh, I so it's ca- uh, California yeah. Dreaming. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, California yeah. California Soul. Um, Listen, I, I had another American-based song. I had uh, my obscure song would be in Beirut Santa Fe, which I, I love that song. I love Beirut. Um, sort of a folky kind of band with uh, Zach Cond on the uh, sort of the main guy behind it. It's quite quite interesting. But um, I like that Wichita lineman. Now that was one I thought you would have, and I definitely I was going to have it up there as my classic popular, but uh, my popular classic. But um, um, great tune, great tune. Probably if we'd have mentioned it, it might have been better. Yeah, I think that's, that's uh, right. I yeah, think we've, the ones I think that we've let the ones down there because I think that's... the ones that go away. But listen, my guilty pleasure was Barry Manilow's Copacabana. Could you could you beat that? 
do you know what? The song I really thought you'd have had, and I can't <laughs> believe you didn't, was uh, 24 Hours from Tulsa. Well, that was in my near misses, Jim. Um, How can that be a near miss? Your dad played on that. Well, my dad, yeah, well, no, he didn't play on the actual original, but he was uh, a member Listen, of his... I tell the story, but he played <laughs> on the original. <laughs> well, the original was the 60s. My dad was a musical director for 38 years. Um, and I did think about using that, but I, again, I, I, I vetted myself. I wasn't sure if it was musically better, but certainly um, uh, certainly it was up there. A couple of Gavanna was up there. Um, I, I thought about... Fever Las Vegas, Elvis. But, but again, we, like we said last week, top pocket. I think there's better songs by Elvis yeah. to... Uh, Girl from Ipanema. Yeah, Richard Hawley, Coles Corner, <clears throat> based in Sheffield. Um, uh, what, is this the way to Amarillo? <sighs> Paul Simon, me and Julio down by the schoolyard. I mean, it's very yeah, quite I had Paul specific. Simon uh, going to Graceland. Very good, very good. So listen, we had, we had, we had, we, we've had quite a few there, but um, we Sorry, only have one. Couple of, can I just throw another couple in? Sorry, because I did cool. get some quite good ones. I had uh, straight out of Compton. Um, ah. I think it was uh, one of my one of, a real favourite, but just not better than uh, Waterloo Sunset. It was Hollywood Nights by uh, Bob Seger. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a, that's <clears> a, oh, yeah, which, uh, I really love unusual, it, but. Um, but I too wouldn't have argued it was better. Streets in London, Ralph McTell. <laughs> Can I tell you my one which, which I thought would be, would be a, and it's just so obscure, it's it's sickening. Um, but, <laughs> I mean, it's, I can't, even the preamble sounds like Alan Partridge. Um, the, I think it was 1980, very early 1980s, the Northampton Development Council, yes, they were, or committee, whatever they're called, it was such a, organization doesn't exist now the northampton development committee decided to try and bolster and, and uh, promote the town of northampton which is where i'm from uh, by releasing uh, a, a single on seven inch uh called energy in northampton which sounds like a horrific song but it was a bit sort of synth orientated it was about aliens visiting northampton wow <laughs> um which it, it's it sounds equally as bad as it as I've just described it, um, and it had it was written it was it was sung by a woman called Linda Jardine or Jardim, who was the and I, bear with me, <laughs> you think this is bad now? Um, was, she was the voice of one of the voices on the Buggles video killed the radio star. Um, the bit was so she's got credibility. Radio star, Ooh, radio. She was that one who sang. Yeah, yeah. She was that one there. She sang this song called "Energy Northampton" about aliens visiting Northampton, thinking it was quite a nice place to to visit. Um, and I've got. I actually have the seven inch at home. Um, and the B side of it was a slightly different version called "60 Miles uh, by Road or Rail" from Northampton, which is basically a, a, a remix. And had the same lyrics, but said 60 miles by road or rail from Northampton. Essentially saying, come to Northampton. Never went, no. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> well, I'm not going to say that one's better, better than the King's. As, other ones that I had, uh, one that I thought you might come up with was, uh, I know he's one of your favourites, Will Smith, Miami. Yep. Um, you know, Will Smith, I would have had no career without Stevie Wonder. Um, <laughs> and I did... I, I thought about this one, uh, but I didn't think I could crowbar it in. It was Rock Island Line by uh, um, Lonnie Donegan. 
but the Rock Island line wasn't a place. It was a it was a train track. So, uh, okay, oh yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. that. I had no sleep till Brooklyn. Yeah. Oh um, yeah. Good. That's and uh, Istanbul, not Constantinople, by They Might yeah. Be Giants. They were giants. Philadelphia Crack by um, uh, Bruce, Springsteen. Bruce, as you say, Bruce Springsteen. And uh, yeah, that, they, those are the ones that kind of really made the the. Um... Oh, I so tell you, another one that I did cool. Las Vegas based is Leaving Las Vegas by Cheryl Co uh, Crow. Ah. Uh, and uh, I. I really like that song. I think that's what, that's one of her best songs, and it's often overlooked by um, uh, the uh, uh, "All I Want to Do Is Have Some Fun" and yeah, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, and yeah, uh, leaving yeah. Las Vegas, I just think is a is a really um, the the guitaring on it is fantastic, uh, brilliant tune. So okay, well, well, we've we've listen. The ones that <clears throat> it's a matter. The ones that nearly didn't didn't make it didn't make it. So. Um, mm. Uh, one better this week, Jim. I think that's the first. Five episodes in, one better. That's a good one. So Kinks is up there. Dave Davis, thank you for that. And Ray Davis, obviously, thank you for that as well. Um, I think next week, Jim, we might do something a bit different, mightn't we? Yeah, we might be having a, a, a beano of our own to uh, to Hastings. And, and the ever-mentioned Paul Lagerdeck might even get a, a guest appearance. Yeah, so um, this this uh, this episode six might hopefully be... From from uh, Hastings, and we might be doing some sort of recording-based thing there. Um, and we will probably sort of bespoke it to Hastings and find something there we can look at in terms of a, a song which we think is a classic. Uh, and yeah, we'll, we'll keep you posting that on the usual outlets at Five Better Podcast. But yeah, um, nice one, Jim. That was good. I enjoyed that. That's five better than uh, one better than Kinks Waterloo Sunset. Yeah, it was a good one this week. Um... Thanks for listening, everyone, and uh, and uh, yeah, have a good week. Five better, five better, five better podcast. Five better, five better, five better podcast. <laughs>